Welcome back to Comic Dudes with Attitudes, a podcast about comic books and some light disagreements from time to time between <laughs> my co-host and I. Uh, this episode comes out on Memorial Day. I know we've typically done special episodes for some holidays and and you know months of remembrance. Um, this time we're not doing that. We're just going to have an Invincible episode. We haven't done our May Invincible episode yet. We got to get this thing in before the, the calendar turns to June. So this week, it's volume 9 and 10 of Invincible. This is part 5 of the great Invincible reread with Matt and Dave. You want to get into it? You want me to get into it? I'd love for you to get into it. Uh, there's so much okay. that happened. So, uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, there's a lot. So let's we'll start with volume nine. We'll start there. Um, there, there is, <clears throat> there is a lot. Uh, I've mentioned in the last episode uh, that I, I'm not super stoked on young Oliver <laughs> in this comic, and but I, I, honestly, both of these volumes, we get a lot of young Oliver. Uh, if you if you forgot. Um, Oliver is the uh, love child of Mark's dad, Nolan, and a bug-like creature from another planet, uh, who Debbie, Nolan's, I guess, ex-wife, though they've never been divorced, uh, is now raising as her own son. Um, I I guess maybe we should recap a little bit more of volumes seven and eight, perhaps, we had Angstrom Levy in 7 yep. and 8. We had Mark and his relationship with his girlfriend, Amber. Yep. And he found out that Eve has feelings for him. What else happened in Volume 7 and 8 that was noteworthy heading into this one? We had the Reanimen stuff with D.A. Sinclair, Reanim- right? The, yep, was that 7 Reanim- and 8? Yeah, the Reanimen stuff with D.A. Sinclair was in there. It was really like that, that relationship was... Uh, the ending of the relationship was pretty big. Um, let me see that whole, like the whole thing with the lizard league and the nuclear silo and everyone, like mm-hmm. a lot of people getting killed off that we, we kind of revisit that in this uh, volume that was in, I think yep. uh, volume yep. eight. Yeah. Robots uh, origin. You found out robot cloned Rex to have a body and all this stuff with the Mahler twins. Uh, was, he gets, he gets his dad's books. Yep. About the Vulture My Weaknesses. Uh, uh, yeah, the Lizard League stuff was pretty big. That was a few issues worth of stuff. I think that's, that, that I think that's the, those are the those are the broad strokes from seven and eight. That's where we're at. I think so, Alan being back in the picture too was a big one. Alan the alien, yes, he, he was, was. Like kind of yes. out, but that other than that, yeah, I think that was everything. Yeah. So the, the volume nine starts with Mark encountering the giant what this villain calls himself and he wants to take over the world um and i you know i don't think we really need to spend a ton of time on this i i I took a note on this primarily because this is really the first time you start to see mark flash a skill set that he develops a lot deeper later in the comic where he's using his brain to solve these problems he's not just flying in and absolutely pummeling something with his fists He starts to talk to the giant about what he wants. He tries to defuse the situation and then he gets called away and the guardians show up to, uh, to take care of it. And he says, Hey, like go easy on him. Like he's definitely not all there. And 
turns out that it's an eight-year-old boy that was turned into a giant by getting sucked into some other dimension, um, which is why it sounded like he was not all there because he's literally a child. So I think I, that, that's noteworthy because of the the path that Mark is on in terms of growing into a young adult and really what what he does more and more throughout the comic, which is using his brain and maybe his natural instincts to read people and read a situation to figure some of these conflicts out, which I think is one of the cooler things about this superhero comic. Also you get, you get, sorry, we're going to talk about that. I'll, I'll pause. Yeah. Just, I think, uh, I believe it was like one of the first two issues, but like they're setting up the, the government setting up like a defense perimeter around the planet now. And there is a conflict with, um, Alan is coming back into the picture. Alan, the alien is coming back into the picture and immortal intercepts. They have a battle. Is that, am I too far ahead? Like they have, I think you're, you're way far ahead. Okay. When when Alan, when Alan fights immortal. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's further along. Okay. Go ahead. I'll shut up. (laughs) That was just, it was a situation of Mark using his brain to defuse the situation, but go ahead. Yes. Yes. So the, another thing that happens at the end of the first issue in volume nine, that's the scene when you find out Oliver has powers and yeah. he, he likes just, he flies up in the air, him and Mark are playing catch in their backyard and he flies up into the air and catches the ball and says he wants to surprise Mark that he got his powers. And this is the beginning of uh, the Oliver that I hate. <laughs> it's, it's the start of a, a dark time in the comic for me. I cannot stand young Oliver. He's the worst. Uh, yeah, the young Oliver kind of has some. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit later, but his thought process is very Omni Manish, uh, evil Omni Manish. But we'll we'll get there later. So a lot to talk. We about. will. We will. So there's also in Volume Nine. There's like a recurring. There's a recurring conflict for Mark, and just it's really about balancing his personal life and being a superhero and uh, not doing very well in college. Um, he, he basically just goes out and says like, I'm not good at this. Like, I don't want, I don't care about it. I don't want to do it. Like I'm sucking. My grades are bad. Uh, I can absolutely relate to that as a two time college dropout myself. Uh, you know, that's, an, there's so many parallels that I see and Mark like to my life. I'm sure that's one of the reasons why I gravitate to this comic. So, so fiercely, but um, you know, I, I just wanted to call that out. That kind of carries through to the end of volume nine. And I think even into the volume 10 um, with, with Mark, not really just, he's not, he's not given college his full attention. I mean, when you have superpowers, much like you and Mark, Grayson do you don't need college though <laughs> no but like seriously my, like if you're if you're my super, only superpower was was playing in a band and wanting to chase girls but well i mean it, no you have incredible drive uh especially in regards to your work you're very passionate about your work and like i, I mean if you're super that, ta- but and no if you're super talented at something and like you don't need college like everyone does not true i 
I'm going off on a whole different rant. It's just, this is me. I'm literally <laughs> doing academic actions, suspending students. They're spending way too much money to go to college when they have other passions that they would be much better in. It's like, you don't have to go to college. And the same thing parallels with Mark. He knows he's going to be like, a superhero. What's up? You're, it sounds to me like you're laying kids off from the college. I'm not laying them off, but you give them the pink slip. Like you, you got, you got other <laughs> passions. Like, don't worry about this. Come on, kid, go right off into the sunset and go. You know, the buy and sell Pokemon cards on the secondary market. The institution I work at is seventy thousand dollars a year. This is not a school to come find yourself at. I've said that line a lot to s- some students. Like, damn, that's brutal. Yes, exactly. That's why I am. That the is way brutal. Am. What? <laughs> That's brutal. Like, I, that's just a brutal thing to hear. Is like a nineteen, twenty-year-old kid. Like, you're basically telling him, like, "Hey, why don't you go figure this shit out in community college and talk to me in two years if you could transfer?" Just gonna say, I don't hate young Oliver. Maybe <laughs> I don't hate him as much as you do. That's all I want to say. <laughs> I we'll, might have we'll a little, get I'll more be- about why I hate him in volume ten. But yeah, sorry, I derailed. Sidetracked us. No, no, no. That was, that was good. That was a good sidetrack. Uh, I only have a few more notes on Volume 9. If you want, I can finish my notes. Yeah, or you I mean, can I just have... interject a little bit because mine are really like mine are sort of at the end now. There's one one more thing in the middle in the, in the third issue uh, when Mark has to save that giant cruise ship. Yep. He's eating lunch with his mom. And a yep. Viltrumite shows up. Anissa shows up, who is a absolutely awful character. She is one of the most <laughs> vile characters in this entire comic. I cannot stand Anissa. Uh, but she shows up basically saying, like, you need to come talk to me now. Or I'm going to kill your mom, like, right now. Like, right now, now. Like, she's dead. So yeah. Mark was like, uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's go. And, and this is basically saying like, Hey, what have you done to prepare this world for Viltrum takeover? And he's like, nothing. I'm not, yeah, not doing that. And there's some back and forth. She basically says it's you do that or else. And then she's also trying to sell him on the idea of, we're going to give them all this technology and their lives will be so great. He <laughs> counters with things like, but you're going to, just reap the planet of all of its usable resources. And then basically everyone's going to die at the end. Don't you care about that? And she's like, yeah, of course they are, but no, I don't care. Like we live for so long, like they're nothing, but while they're still alive, they'll have a paradise until the very end. Uh, And then while they're doing this back and forth, Cecil asks Mark to go help his cruise ship. He says, Hey, if you're really serious about this, not being a violent takeover, you know, prove it. Come, come help me. You know, this monster's attacking this ship. You know, do the right thing. Come help. And then she kind of, she comes away with it, going, you know, you're not so bad. Like, you're, you maybe you are a little more impressive than I expected. And then she she jets off to a Viltrumite ship that's just outside of Earth's orbit, and uh, a man whose name we don't know yet. Is, is waiting for her report back. Um, we'll we'll get more of him later, but she basically says, "Yeah, well, well, I'll I got this. Like, we'll get him." Yeah, she doesn't seem too bad. Like right now, you're like, "Oh, she's not that bad," but she does some really heinous and vile stuff. And I, 
I mean, my memory is not the best, but even I remember uh, some of the yeah. vile things she does later in the in the book. Yeah. yeah, I feel like we're kind of this is another. I think it was our third Invincible episode where it felt like a lot of things happened, but nothing happened. Yeah, I'm kind of these I'm, two I'm, volumes yeah. are a lot like that. There's a ton of stuff going on, but I maybe it's just because I'm rereading it, but I've, I'm I'm feeling that I want more to happen because I know how much crazy stuff happens later in the maybe. book and I'm getting him. Maybe I'm just impatient. I don't know, but uh, I, I definitely, I would, I would like to hurry up and get on with it <laughs> a little bit. We probably are a little bit impatient just because we have read it before, but I feel like there'll be like three issues of like banger stuff. And then it slows down for like two issues and then yes. it'll ramp up and it'll slow down, you know, just for all that character building and stuff like that. So you got that. Um, what about the the next issue? I thought was a pretty big deal. Uh, where Alan gets he pretends to get captured by the Viltrumites on that ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Alan runs in. He he has an altercation with Anissa, and. She mentioned something about him being executed. Um, and he has like a battle with her, but like pretty much fakes his strength and allows himself to be captured. So he can go back to be executed because he knows potentially that's where Nolan and Omni Man are. Um, is, yeah. is going to be I, executed on Viltrum. This actually happened after the thing you want to talk about when he fights with a mortal when he shows up on Earth. Yeah, this is this is after. Yeah. That immortal thing is like a little bit earlier than that for sure. But uh, I think no, it I, happens I, at the same, it happens at the same time because after that diffuses Mark and Alan go talk in Mark's dorm room. Uh, then so. Alan scans the books, Nolan's books. That's when Mark tells Alan about how he was on that alien world with Nolan. And he tells him about Oliver and he says that the Viltrumites captured Nolan and took him, which is why Alan lets himself get captured. Correct. So those things happen like all at the same time. I thought it's definitely not. That was an issue forty three. All that stuff you're talking about is forty three. This is forty five. This is too later. Okay. I take notes right. issue by issue, so that's a, that's the only reason I know. Fuck but, me. I, what do I yeah, know? No, no, no. Just what I, I don't. <laughs> we don't need to get into the weeds, but that's how I do it. I'm, glad, I'm glad you're meticulous because no. I am. I I usually read like while I'm laying in bed, and I yeah. just put notes in my notes app and. No, it's I'm, all good. I'm a little more scattered. No, it's all good. But like that was like you, the stuff you're talking about was, you know, the most recent time we saw Alan, and then like two ish, an issue, two issues pretty much go by. You don't see him, and the next you see him is that. So it was in relative quick succession there. But okay. uh, yeah, Alan, Alan allows himself to be captured, and he is in a jail cell. Well, on the ship. We then flash to Nolan, who's in a jail cell with another prisoner. Um, and his bunkmate asks him, like, what is troubling you? You know, what's troubling you, Nolan? And he's like, is it the fact that you're going to be executed? And he's like, no, it's not the fact that I'm going to be executed. It's the fact that I miss my wife. And I was like, whoa, like, that's kind of a big deal. After all that ish he was talking about your cattle and you don't matter and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, he actually... Mm-hmm does miss his wife. He's a very complicated character, this Nolan. Like, a very complicated. Uh, 
You know, I think there's also like a kind of funny real world parallel to make here about like shitty men that go crawling back to good women. But <laughs> I, I do like Nolan, so I don't, I'm not going to take it there. That's my guy. I don't want to. I want to be too I mean, hard I'm on not, him. I mean, I'm not going to be that deep, but I'm definitely going to say, well, maybe I'm a shitty man, whatever. But like, I feel like whenever you've been in a relationship with someone for a long time, like you definitely have good days and bad days. And, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you, you miss that person. You wouldn't want anything. Yeah bad or horrible to happen to that person yeah, no i'm just making jokes i'm not like off. i'm not trying to you know i'm not writing a dissertation over here i'm just i'm just making a joke oh no you, you could just laugh are. at the joke and move on you know no no you kind of are you're relating mark to your real world life so let me do my dissertation give me my give me my all flowers right, all right. All right, all right. okay that was all, all that right. was all i really want i really wanted to talk about that and then honestly there was one issue at the end that like i really want to talk about but i know we yeah, have a lot too. in between there so yeah. Uh, you can carry on that. I just wanted to talk about the Nolan well, thing because Nolan's cool. I think it's also really interesting that the the way that Viltrumites handle imprisonment and execution. So when they took Nolan, he was like <laughs> beaten, bloody broken, yeah. like in stasis, and they make him they heal. Him <laughs> they will not execute a prisoner until they're at full strength. They want them at like 100% full strength, then we'll execute you. That's just such a, <laughs> that's, that's a very... Viltrum way of doing things like everything about what they do is just so brutal i love it not that i'm the biggest star trek guy but it kind of reminds me like klingons like they're all about battle and honor and all that stuff yeah and it's like i mean i don't know that but i yes i believe you know yeah okay yeah that's klingons i'm not a star trek guy man i'm not a star trek guy uh i I don't really like star trek what do you want me to do i don't like star trek it's all right it's all right sorry the movies uh, are the new movies are okay. The ones with uh, what's his name? Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah, I like Chris those. Like, I do too. Huh? I do too. I like those old movies. Star Trek. Like I don't care. That uh, I only have two more notes for Volume Nine. Okay, so go there's ahead. probably stuff that I'm missing, and they're at the they're at the end. They're at the very end of the trade. Okay. So if you have more stuff in Volume Nine, like you should talk about it. I'm good. I don't. I should. Next time I'm going to break them by volumes. I just like read them issue by issue. So I don't even know. Go ahead. Okay. So at the end of volume nine, yep. Mark and Oliver are having a conversation and Oliver is asking about Nolan, their dad and what he's read about him because for Oliver, his people, they remember every single thing that happens to them, starting with birth. So even though he was only a few months old when he was taken to Earth with Mark, he remembers all of the good of Nolan. He remembers Nolan being a very great leader, a loving father. He cared for his mother. Everything about Nolan to Oliver and Oliver's memories are positive. He he loves this man and he has nothing but good things to say and think about him. However, on Earth... Everything that he has read about Omni-Man is recency biased, and it's about him killing the Guardians of the Globe, beating his son almost to death on live TV, and then leaving the planet. And now on Earth, he's essentially, you know, he's like a villain to the people of Earth, and Oliver sees that. Um, And Oliver, the the way Oliver views the world, it's very unemotional and logical Spock. he's, he's, he's Spock, yeah he's well he's you know he's half filter and half whatever his mom was whatever insect creature his mom was 
which I think we should mention because not everyone has read Invincible. Oliver looks like a regular human boy, boy but he has purple <laughs> skin. He's not. He doesn't have like six oh, legs and like bug eyes like an insect. Like his mom was an insect, but the Viltrum DNA is so powerful. He looks like a regular humanoid, two legs, two arms, and a head. He just has light purple skin because his mom was a purple insect creature. Good call. It's probably Good clarification. Yeah, I probably should note that. Good call. We've been talking about this dude for like two episodes. Never Agreed. mentioned that he doesn't look like a freak. He's just a normal <laughs> kid with purple skin. Anyway, so while he's talking to Mark about these two very different men that he has now been exposed to, one that he knew intimately and one that he's read about on this new planet that he lives on, he says, from what I can tell, one of those versions of our father must be an act. And then he asks Mark, which version Mark thinks is the real Nolan to which Mark does not reply, but he definitely there's, you can see the way that Ryan Otley draws his face on that. that he's very much conflicted about that question, but you don't get the answer. But I thought that was, it was a rare Oliver W. Well played. And then the other thing that DA Sinclair and the Reanimen, they come back. You, you get the reveal at the end of volume nine that uh, Cecil has, we knew Cecil put this dude in the payroll. Like we talked about in, in part four, when he was in the jail cell and had no choice, it was like that or die, like whatever. Um, so now we've got DA Sinclair's back with these stupid ass Reanimen. This is literally like one of the only things in this comic that I don't like are the Reanimen. Really? When I saw yeah. the Reanimen, I, I don't know why. I don't know why when I saw that last panel with like the Reanimen with the US uh USA flag, it reminded me of that shoot to kill and Iron Man 2 when he's at flushing <laughs> the Stark Expo and they're doing the red white blue. <laughs> they're playing that A C D C like you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I know exactly. The USA what you're US about. Patriot. Exactly shoot to kill. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. No, oh you're man. You're good. Yeah, DA Sinclair's back. Issue 10. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. Trade 10. So volume 10 now? Volume 10, man. So doesn't volume 9 end on Doc Seismic being back? Or is that how volume 10 starts? That was... That was the Doc... Doc Seismic was that last issue where he thinks he won uh, the whole thing with Darkwing. was kind of a big deal. We didn't really talk about that. Hold on, but... hold on, hold on. So did we skip over the Mark and Eve conversation in Mark's dorm room? Was that in volume nine? I think it was. In fact, I'm positive that it was. Uh, Mark goes to Africa and visits Eve, and she doesn't want to talk That's about the relationship. 10. That's, That's in volume 10. That's nine. That's a nine, two. That's nine, dude. So their conversation about... in the dorm room is in volume the... nine, too. Yeah, yeah. So we should probably talk about that. That's important. Yeah. Do I, should I be talking about that? Yeah. Talk about it. it, it, I'm just reading my notes. Cause that was like, Mark goes to Africa to visit Eve. So I'm trying to remember when their dorm room conversation is. Cause. So Eve comes to the dorm room. Uh, while William is leaving. And. She basically is there to talk to Mark about what's going on with them. Cause they had talked about how Mark had broken up with Amber 
and they weren't sure what they were feeling about each other. And then while Eve is telling Mark how she feels, Mark's like, yeah, I mean, I, I have feelings for you too. And I, you know, I, and I knew that you had feelings for me. And she's like, how did you know? And he tells her about the Angstrom Levy thing where the yeah. guardians of the future show up. And then future Eve tells Mark to let Eve know one way or another, because she's been in love with him this whole time. And Eve has a very real and visceral reaction to that, which is do you only feel this way because you feel bad for me or something? Or is it because future me told you that I liked you? So now you like me back and then gets upset and leaves. She's like, I, we can't, I don't want to talk about this right now. Like she was very, very upset about that. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. It's like, exactly. Yeah. That, I, it doesn't matter. I don't want to mix up the conversations, but the the Eve conversation, I think the the one when they're in the dorm room, that was like, and I bolded that to talk about it, but I didn't talk about it, was like Eve was kind of, Eve confessed that she kind of like wanted him to do this Africa trip to see if he would show up. Yes. Like if Mark showed up by himself, that means that like he really has feelings for her. But when he brought mm-hmm. Amber, that kind of like dissuaded her, you know, like upset her, mm-hmm. you know? So th- that was like the first conversation. And I think this one is the second conversation they had about, yeah, like pretty much you're not in love with me for me. You're in love with me because you have your cable and you have information from the future or whatever, you know, like that's, that's not, you're not really in love with me. And that, that hurt. Um, I think the yeah. lesson here is instead of giving people secret tests, you <laughs> just tell them how you feel. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What do I know? Uh, no, that was uh, uh I think we should so, yeah, we so then I think we uh, should talk about the whole thing with Darkwing really quick at the end of trade nine because that kind of sets up ten with some of the stuff with Cecil. That in happens in to- ten. Okay. Go ahead. I'm positive. Okay. Do you want to talk about it or you want me to? Well, so I want to finish what sets up volume 10. Okay. Because while Mark is in Africa trying to talk to Eve, Cecil calls him back and Eve comes with him. And they're going to fight Doc Seismic underground because there's a bunch of monsters under his control and they've captured the Guardians and a bunch of other heroes. And they're in these little pods. And Mark and Eve show up. And also get captured. Yep. The reason that I know that the the Darkwing stuff happens volume 10 is because Astounding Wolfman is in volume 10. And the Darkwing stuff doesn't happen until after you find out Astounding Wolfman is making a guest appearance in this comic. And I love the Astounding Wolfman, which is another Robert Kirkman comic. Fantastic. I might have to dip into that series because you always had those trades or whatever and I never read them, but... Yeah, he probably should. I mean, he crosses over with Invincible multiple times. Invincible shows up in his book, too. Yeah. Great story. Great book. So that's early volume 10, then, where Darkwing and the Reanimen show up to save the day, and they're captured in bubbles. And, I mean, long story short, the Reanimen and Darkwing, they free them, and all the heroes. There's a multiple teams like the New Guardians of the Globe, Invincible, Eve, whatever they they break feed they take down doc seismic um mark 
pretty much just like snaps at Darkwing because of what he did in Midnight City. He was pretty much just being like Dark Batman, like killing people that weren't brought to justice because the justice system was broken in Midnight City. So he was, you know, taking the law into his own hands and he was executing and killing people. And Mark, well, like, asked he, was, every- he was killing people that did anything, any law. That yeah, was like broken, any any like, any law that was broken. Like jaywalk death. Yeah. So Mark's then like turns to the group and is just like, "Why aren't you guys reacting like this? Like you you don't know about this." And long story short, you kind of you you find out that everything got buried and this wasn't reported on, and Cecil was behind it, and Mark is like super upset. And like takes off. More than there's more than that. That's what Darkwing shows up with the Rihanna men. Yeah, yeah, just Darkwing by himself. Yeah, I said Rihanna men. Darkwing the Rihanna. Yeah, but like Mark got just as upset or more so because of the Rihanna men being. It's not just the Darkwing thing. Like the Rihanna men thing was a huge deal for Mark. I mean, yeah, William almost died. His this Rick almost died. Friend. Yeah, like he was killing homeless people to make these Rihanna men. Yeah. And he ends up going and confronting Cecil back at the the base um, where then he sees like he's having a conversation with Cecil, like a little tested, heated conversation. And like to add another fuel to the fire, obviously, D.A. Sinclair, like bust in the room and is trying to have a conversation. And like, that's like another thing. Not only did you like take the reanimate tech, like this is the guy like what are we doing your work so you're working with this guy and then like mark snaps again and then like cecil takes him into one of those white rooms i don't know if we talked about it in depth in one of the other conversations but it's a room where you pretty much can't see anything except the other person you're talking to everything's kind of blotted out for us readers just like a white page and you see the two characters and you see like the light turn on in the room and like mark is surrounded by these reanimate and to Cecil's like, you're pretty much no use to me anymore. You're unhinged and, you know, I got to take you out now. And that was a huge fight that happened. Uh, you know, another thing during the fight in the next issue, you find out that Cecil has pretty much installed a suicide squad thing in his ear, not straight up like a bomb to blow up his head, but a like ambient noise thing that, is tuned to his ears, so it's like super irritating, and he just like buzzes. It, this it disrupts his equilibrium, so he can't Disrupt. fly, focus, or do anything. Yep. So he's like all unhinged there. He's like, I got to get away. So Mark flies off. Uh, I think, I think Cecil catches him maybe once, but then Mark like really takes off. And you, you might remember he gets to the team team base. That's all I know. And mm-hmm. robot disables it. Um. Yeah. So a few few notable things happen that yep. I think we skipped over. Uh, you get there's before Mark goes to talk to Cecil, he and Eve have a conversation, and like that's they kind of they they solidify things. Or is it after that? I think it's after that. It's after that fight. Um, during their conversation, my bad. We'll get to that in a second. During their conversation, before they start fighting, when they're talking about Darkwing, and uh, Mark's like, he's a murderer, literally killing people, (laughs) and now you have him on the payroll. What are you doing? Cecil makes a pretty compelling argument 
and he, he says to Mark, he's he's a kid that lost his way. And yes, what he was doing was wrong. But do you think he deserves to rot in jail forever because he made some mistakes? Have you forgotten that you killed Angstrom Levy, Mark? And yeah, Mark, that was a good one. Mark defends it by saying that it's not the same thing. And, you know, depending on your, your thoughts and your stances here, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I think that one of the great things about Cecil's character is how he really just lives in the, the gray. Yeah. Like that's his, that's, that's the only place that he operates. There's nothing black and white to Cecil. The only thing that is, the only thing that is black and white to Cecil is I have to do whatever I have to do to protect planet earth. And I will do so by whatever means necessary. And anyone who crosses me done. See you later. Um, also during that, that teleportation like chase where Mark's trying to get away yeah. from the, the thing that, that makes the sound in his ear and Cecil is like teleporting after him. So when he finally gets to the guardians and tries to explain to them what's happening, I don't think they're at the teen team base. I'm pretty sure they're at the guardians HQ in Utah. They got booted. They got kicked out. Cause that whole, the that's whole, after. They got, no, this is after because when Mark tells them what's going on, hey, this is what Cecil has done to me. After that whole thing gets fixed, Robot takes care of him. That's when everyone leaves the Guardians because they no longer trust Cecil. But Immortal, Shapesmith, Duplicate, and others stay. And they then Robot and the ones that quit go to the team team base later in the trade. Okay. I got this on lock, except for that thing with Mark and Eve that I totally got out of order. (laughs) (laughs) But go on with your thought. No, that was that was that was just you know filling in a little bit of detail. After that, that's when Mark goes back to his house, and Eve is there waiting with Debbie and Oliver. He shows up like bruised and beaten up, and everyone's very concerned. Mark tells them what's going on. Then at the end of that, Eve is outside. Mark kind of goes out and is, he thinks that she's maybe going to leave. She said she wouldn't leave without talking to him. And that's when they, they lock this thing in. There's a kiss and we have Mark and Eve, the couple. And they get some cool, like Mark and Eve dating stuff. That's also like superhero tinged a little bit, which I thought was really, it was pretty cute. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have I have more notes if you want. Yeah, go with your unless notes. You have, unless you have notes, I've got I have a lot of notes. Too many notes, but go ahead. I want to see if this goes into like issue the next issue because that was kind of a big one. But we'll see. We'll see. So what I was going to talk about. I'm going to talk about Cecil's origin. I didn't read that. Cecil's, Dang it! We get the origin oh, of Cecil. I should have read it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Read. Why go. didn't you read it? Cause I was like, I gotta hit the issues. I was kind of, ru- I was running short on time. I was like, I'll run- go back and read it, but I didn't have time. So, amateurish. Well, that's why my boy's gonna give me the. That's why you're gonna tell me the, the notes to the <laughs> so test, you man. The, you're gonna give me the answers to you the get test. Get the origin of Cecil Stedman. It starts with him. He's captured by 
these these two villains. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're like the fist of something. I don't know. It doesn't matter what their names were. But they're Earth trying to unleash though. some poison cloud and like bring about some sort of global change by killing a bunch of people, whatever. The same old stuff. Uh, Britt has to come and save the day because Cecil has gotten himself captured. These villains, they end up unleashing this this poison gas. It kills them, and it almost kills Cecil. Britt saves him. And then, after the fact, Cecil wakes up in the hospital. They've, they've grafted new skin on his body. The only part of his skin that was salvageable was around the right corner of his mouth where he has that scar. And he says that he told them to leave that so he remembers the mistakes that he made so he doesn't repeat them again. But that was the only piece of skin on his body that was still left that they could, they could, you know, everything else had melted away. So you, you fast forward a little bit and the lizard league has uh, broken into the Pentagon. Cecil is helping the current director of the global defense agency escape. And that dude that Rex killed, that that super big dude, I forget his name, kind of corners them. Cecil's about to shoot, and then those two villains show up and uh, take out that member of the Lizard League. The two villains that that quote-unquote died in the beginning of, of the origin of Cecil. And of course, Cecil has a very visceral reaction to this. He's incensed that the director has now taken these two villains and turned them into weapons of the global defense agency. And Cecil was like, how could you do that? They were, they killed 17 people. They were trying to take over the world. What are you doing? The director says, Hey man, I'm going to do whatever I got to do. And look, if I hadn't done that, we'd both be dead right now. They just saved our lives. Eventually Cecil takes over as the the director of the the GDA. um, And you get the, meeting of Nolan for the first time and they interview Nolan right as he comes to earth to like thwart some threat. Cecil says, Hey, I can help you learn about earth and integrate with these people. Let's go, let's go have a chat. So after they talk, uh, Donald comes to talk to Cecil and Cecil says, well, so is he lying? And Donald says he was lying about basically everything about why he's here about protecting earth uh, about all of it, but we don't know what he's really here for. And Cecil says, you know, I don't care. I'm going to use him for now and we'll, we'll deal with it later. But for now I'm going to manipulate the situation to my benefit and he's going to help defend the planet. Um, further proving that Cecil is a bitch. <laughs> I'd make a deal with the devil himself if it meant the safety of this. Exactly. Planet. Exactly. And That's my job, that's what he, I do. He's He's doing all of the things that he was so upset at the previous director for. He's making all of the same mistakes. He's manipulating and, and having these really awful people come and work for him. Uh, It's just a really interesting little aside in the middle of the trade that I, I really appreciated. Great. Great synopsis. I'm going to, I'm definitely reading that now. I was. I don't think you have to, I gave you all the hype. That was like like an audio. It's like, it was like that. Those books in kindergarten where they'd read and they just show you panels. I was just following you. <laughs> <what you're saying. laughs> 
next I'm, I'm slide. Glad you they just ping. Out of that. Ding! <laughs> no one's on screen. Like it was just like the next thing. <laughs> uh, All right. So what? That the secret origin. Where are we at now? I was supposed to see where we're at. Uh, the only other, the only other things I really have of note to talk about. There's some Oliver stuff. All right, and, 51, uh, yep. and a return. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're almost like to the end. So, I mean, ish, uh, issue fifty-one was where like Mark teaches Oliver. Mark Mark is teaching Oliver to control his powers a little bit. They visit Art's um, costume shop. And much mm-hmm. to their excitement, Oliver has a costume. Uh, it's like a—I mean, it's kind of like a Robin-ish costume, but it has an O on it. And it's such an ugly he, costume, dude. It's such an it ugly sucks. costume. Like Google Oliver costume invincible or, invincible or something. But he wants to be called uh, Kid Omni Man. You got to Google Kid Omni Man. Kid uh, Kid Omni Man. Google Kid Omni Man. And he wants to be called Careful. obviously Kid Omni Man, and Mark is like, "Yeah, you you can't have that name." And that kind of brings up that discussion you were talking about earlier about Omni Man, yeah. that name. Like to Mark to to Oliver, that's a big deal. Like to him, Mark is understanding the context. He's honoring his planet. father. That's Oliver. He's thinks on, he's yeah, that's his what, that's he's honoring his father. Doesn't even say something about like I want to right his wrongs or something like his yes. perceived wrong or something. I want to correct his. Yeah you know, his name or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a very altruistic thing yes. to want to do. I think it is another rare Oliver W. Yeah. Oliver misguided it. Oliver's maybe. got W there. He's got W's, but he's dropping bars. Old, he's, he's, old, older Oliver's a lot cooler <laughs> than this one. I'll tell you that. Why? Why is, I feel like Oliver can have a, like a more articulate argument than Mark kid. I don't know. Maybe it's that advanced, that advanced age. He's very well thought it's because out. He's, a, he's, he's, he's half Viltrumite and, and half insectoid. He's a Vulcan, man. He's, he's like not half human. Vulcan. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's not a human. I mean, that's, that's, he says that he's like, there's one conversation they have in volume 10 where he says, Mark, I'm not a human. I don't care about yeah. these people. I don't relate to them. Yep. I'm not one of them. And he's, he's yeah. right. He still sucks though. Yeah. I love how passionate you get about Nolan. Him, but- Nolan wasn't a human. And he related pretty well to a lot of humans. He had some really strong relationships. He had a lover, a son. He had friends. He had peers. No one could do it. Why can't? Why can't you, Oliver? Idiot. We're gonna have to have like a sub, another like hot take. I'll, we need a comic fights. Why Oliver's the best? Pin that. Save that. We got that on the record. Um, I ain't doing that. Invincible gets a new costume. This is that issue, I believe, as well, too, when they visit Art. Also an like ugly costume. <laughs> I hate it. I, <laughs> I hate like, this. I hate this costume. I don't... I feel like this must have been when I started collecting the single issues. Because, like, that was... I, I've read this from the beginning, but... I feel like that's when I started getting the single issues, because there was a lot of that costume on the single issues I have. Um, but we need to prep. blue, and yellow is iconic. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's it's epic. Um, but meanwhile, in Wyoming, the Mahler twins are taking over a nuclear silo, and this is big. This is that same nuclear silo that the Lizard League tried to take over. Uh, not a good place to work. Not a good place to work at all. Um, later in that issue, I don't know, you probably have more context for this, but like Mark goes back after the whole like escapade with Oliver. Mark goes back to the balcony, uh, and E flies there. And they talk about their respective days. Um, 
they share a kiss. But more importantly, towards the end of that conversation, you see like a little floating orb, like a little floating eye thing that is spying and watching their conversation. Mm-hmm. And who does that belong to, Dave? We'll find out at the end. All right. Because we'll there's more spying that end. happens at the end of volume 10. There is some more spying that finds that happens. All right. Issue 52. Um, is this the Mahler Mark, twins? This is the Mahler twin issue. So okay. Mark wake, Mark wakes up. Um, he learns from his mother that the Mahler twins are taking over a nuclear silo in Wyoming. He flies to this with Oliver. They both go. Um, the I can't remember the exact plot, but the Mueller twins are they're trying to detonate a nuclear weapon in a space. I think something about yeah, them being able I mean, to control economy. They, if they're going to launch it into the sun, it's going to cause this solar flare and they'll be able to control not economies or like governments or something like that. So Mark they're, they're, goes up It's going to gonna take down all of global communications. Yes, so they won't rule the world, but they will control it. They'll control it. So like Mark flies up to space to stop this nuclear weapon from detonating into the sun. I believe it detonates anyway, hmm. but not in before the sun, this, so nothing's yep. before this, when they get there and Mark sees that it's the Mahler twins, he tells Oliver to leave. He says, these guys are serious business. Hmm. This is too much for you. Fly away and I will handle it. That's important because Oliver sucks. And he doesn't. Boy, listen. was he wrong. Boy, was Invincible wrong in this case. So Mark flies up into space. Uh, Oliver's there and he confronts one of the Mahler twins. And boy, does he confront one of the Mahler twins. He punches this dude so hard. We get the good Ryan Otley art that you will expect to see later in this series as it continues to progress. And by that, I mean, this is like brutal, like brutal artwork, dude, like bust this dude's jaw clear off, bloody stuff is everywhere. Just flopping around, uh, flopping around, like just gross, disgusting. Then I've, is it the same guy? But he punches him so hard, like in the middle of his chest, like his chest explodes or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Long story short, there's a gruesome, ba- gruesome battle with Oliver and he kills both of these guys and horrific and brutal fashion that you get every couple issue, every couple trades in an invisible, you will get some scenes like this, an Omni man beat down scene or something to that nature. Once again, I kind of want to give Oliver the W on this because him and Mark, when Mark gets back, they have a very interesting conversation. This, it, it pretty much, if you're a comic fan, it summarizes down to the, like the whole Batman Joker thing. Like, why don't you just kill these guys? Because they keep doing all this craziness in your city, killing civilians. You say you care about these people so much, just eliminate the threat and be done with it. And that was just like a really, I don't remember. I don't remember that in my first read through, but they just had that very compelling, like Oliver had a pretty compelling argument. And once again, Mark, I mean, his rationale doesn't, he's not, Mark needs a lawyer. He's not the best on defending his point of view. I'll <laughs> say, but that was that was where I was. What, do you, there. what do you mean, Mark's not the best at defending his point of view? He's I feel he's the, feel he's like the hero. He is. He doesn't need but, to have a point of view. His point of view is we're better than them, and we don't stoop to their level, and we don't kill. That is like says the guy who if, doesn't like if you if you drill down a little bit deeper on what Mark is saying. 
there's there's so much more to it. It's not just oh we don't kill. It's about making the mature decision to not act on your emotions, to not make a rash decision, but to look at the problem holistically and be better. Superman still sucks. This ain't Superman. This is a Superman comic. When you say stuff like this, I'm just picturing these 26 long boxes that I'm going to get. <laughs> it's never going to happen. <laughs> All right, going to the next issue. That's a deep cut, fans. Hold on. You have to be fans of the podcast. You, 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 yeah, go, on, go on to your thoughts. Not lost over issue. a very thoughts. important thing I that always happened. do, dude. That's why you're the filler, man. Fill it in. Fill us up. So while Mark is dealing with this freaking missile or whatever out in space and trying to detonate yeah. it, and Oliver yeah. is committing murder on planet Earth, <laughs> uh, after the fight is over, Cecil Stedman shows up and is talking to Oliver, and he's saying, hey, it's okay, we'll get this cleaned up, you have nothing to worry about, and as he's on one knee with his hand on Oliver's shoulder, Mark shows up, and this is one of the... this This is one of those really satisfying intense moments and it and it wouldn't be as satisfying or intense without ryan otley drawing this comic book but Uh, mark swoops in grabs cecil by the neck and puts him up against the wall and he says very plainly and in no uncertain terms i told you if you ever spoke to my family again i would kill you do not talk to oliver and then they leave (laughs) reading that gave me chills man and that's why Mark is different than Superman, because little bitch boy Superman would never do something like that. Never, ever, ever. I'm just seeing. What, what are you doing? I was just trying to find that page is all. Yeah. Matt's flipping yep. through the trade right now. Audio listeners. Yep. yep. You're good. And the argument. Yep. Yeah. 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 I don't know. There's some Ooh. bug flying around while this is killing me, dude. It's like flying into my face. Have you? He brings up the at the end of that issue, Mark. Pretty much Oliver confronts Mark on some of their father's ideals and talking about human life and talking about the insignificance of it. And he's like the the kind of mm-hmm. bad side of. Omni man saying that it's you know it's insignificant like why do you care so much and Mark pretty much is just like you sound like our father and Mark was like or Oliver's like is that necessarily a bad thing have you ever had those thoughts in your mind and in the very Ryan Otley way showing you know Mark without really speaking just showing Mark's face of this you know con- kind of contemplativeness just like panel last panel very small print sometimes. So Mark has had those thoughts. As you call little bitch boy Superman would not have those thoughts, but Mark is a very complex character. And I think we're, is that the next, that's the next issue. Um, Well, so one more thing that about that and Mark's like his struggle with maybe having some of those types of thoughts. Uh, Anissa also, brings up to Mark in volume nine, a question about his anger. <laughs> That's what I was says about you felt it before, right? That anger. 
you know we all have every Vilchermite has it. You know you do, and he doesn't acknowledge it, but you see it start to manifest. You see it with the Darkwing and the DA Sinclair stuff. You see it when he snatches up Cecil at the end of the Mahler twins fight. There's some anger issue stuff brewing with Mark, and we're gonna get more of that later, but this is where it starts. Is trade going number through, 10. Yeah. Ah, temper, temper, Mr. Dre, Mr. <laughs> W.A., Mr. Straight Outta Compton, y'all better make way. He's got a guilty conscience, man, I'm telling you. There's a lot of Bill Schreiber It is. Guilty conscience, dude. I was, when, he grabbed, when he started doing all that stuff, I'm like, ah, temper, temper. I love that video. <laughs> Sorry. That's a throwback right there. Uh, my, my last note on this is how the trade ends, so if you have more to talk about... Uh, no, I really had, I had highlighted, like Mark talks about the short-term Viltrum temper that we were talking about. Um, uh, I'll let you wrap it up. Cause like the, the last trade, it was a lot of conversations with Mark and Oliver talking about Oliver and Mark talking about their like different points of view and, Mm -hmm. I mean, the last point I really got from that is like the acceptance at the end. Like Oliver's just like, I'm not one of you. You know, I don't think like you, like, I just hope you can understand that. And he, Oliver does kind of say like, I can agree with your point of view, which I appreciated once again, like one of those real conversations, like we might not always agree on something, but like I can empathize and I understand your point of view, but like, please understand my point of view as well too. Like I'm not one of you, so I'm not going to think like you. So I thought that was cool. That so was like at the couple very, things very to end. point out. Uh, Mark quits working for the U.S. government and Cecil. We didn't specifically <laughs> we didn't even, call that we didn't out. We didn't talk about he that. Quit. Again. He quit. Yeah. He quit. So yeah. there's some stuff that happens where Mark kind of he talks about it, how it's a bummer that he has to go out on patrol because before he could just hang out and read a book and Cecil would call him when he had to go and do something. Now he has to look for trouble. He's got his yeah, mom calling him about stuff when he has to go and do superheroing. Uh, Mark also drops out of college and he's going to move back home and train Oliver. So Mark's officially a college dropout, just like me. We're bros. And the last thing that happens, go ahead. No, I'm just uh, the, the professor that Mr. You're talking about me breaking 19 year olds hearts. I have seen professors give that Mr. Varner talk of like, I've seen an email like you failed. Don't even try. Don't show up. You're wasting your time and my time. <laughs> I highlighted that conversation to Mr. Varner, dude. Brutal. So end of the volume being filled. <laughs> end of the volume and end of this episode. Yep. Uh, Mark and Oliver are talking. They're kind of making up after the Mahler twin stuff. There's a touching brotherly moment. And another one of those little orbs is watching. This time you see who it is that's watching, and it's that MF or Angstrom Levy. Dun, dun, dun. He's back. He's back. He's scarred. What is he back. doing? What are his plans? We'll find out in June when we read volumes 11 and 12. That'll be the halfway point of our year long invincible celebration where we reread the comic. So if you've liked this conversation, why don't you follow? like us give us a review whatever all that source rule interaction stuff that helps out the podcast do that come back next month we'll still be here we'll also be back in seven days with some other episode i don't know what yet but you'll find out in seven days 
Um, that's it. This has been another fun episode of Comic Dudes with Attitudes. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, until next time, my name is Dave. And I'm Matt. Peace out. Peace.